Hello, welcome back to How to Rewrite Your Stars. This is Benjamin Fincher with Starlight Mentoring. Today I'm joined by Red Staffstrom from Broken Salespeople. Hey, Red, Ben, can you tell us a little bit? Yeah, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. So I've been doing sales for about 15 years now. Um, all different kinds of sales, all the grunt kind of sales that most people don't want to do. I'm talking cold calling door to door. Um, sold vacuums door to door. I did car sales. I did all of these different jobs most people avoid. And I did them very well for a long time. Mm -hmm. Around 2015, I took a job selling security systems. Okay. And it led to a major mental breakdown for me. Um, now, for those of you guys who are listening and not watching, I am not a small man. I look like a giant orange Chewbacca. I've got a big burly beard. I'm about 270 pounds, six foot tall. I am not, I, I do woodworking and repair cars as a hobby. I am not the kind of person who is afraid of being robbed. Also working, and I don't mean that from a macho sense. I mean that as there are easier targets. People don't go after somebody who looks like a Game of Thrones reject. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. Um, they, it's just, I am not the target that they go for. I'm literally standing here in my workshop right next to an axe. People don't go after people like me. Um, also, after doing sales for all these years and doing door-to-door -door specifically, I would do door-to-door -door in neighborhoods most people lock their doors in. I'm talking about shell casings on the road, um, itty-bitty Ziplocs everywhere. The thing I learned is people are inherently good everywhere. The people that we're told to be worried about all the time, they're some of the best people you'll ever meet. So fast forward to tw back to 2015, here I am trying to sell security systems, trying to convince people that, hey, somebody's going to break into your house and turn you into a skin suit didn't match my personal beliefs. It didn't match my experiences up to that point. But because the money was good, I kept fighting it. Right. I kept fighting it for months and months and months until I had the breakdown. Um, there was only so long you can fake things, period. Right. Um, there's that line, fake it till you make it. That is some of the worst advice you could have. Don't fake it till you make it. It's about authenticity. It's about vulnerability. Show who you really are. Me trying to do that led to me having full-blown panic attacks. Led to me, I, was, I remember the factories. I was sitting in the parking lot of factories waiting to go in, feeling like I was having a heart attack and having 9-1 dialed in my cell phone because I thought I would need an ambulance. Wow. I remember coming home and crying. Now I'm not the crying type, that's just not how I am. And I don't mean this again, I don't mean this as macho BS. It's just not how I was built. Right. There's, a, there's a joke by Tommy Johnigan that I really like. Um, he said, I didn't cry like a baby. I cried like a grown man. Babies don't have the lung capacity to do what I did. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
it was one of the worst times of my life. I don't think I was ever totally to the point of suicidal, but it was the closest I'd ever been. Um, since then, things have changed quite a bit. I found out that I can't do those kinds of things. I can't fight my own nature indefinitely, um, even though I thought I could. I thought that if you knew how to sell, you can do it anywhere. You can sell anything. It's not true. You can only sell what you believe in. You can't fake it every single day. So since then, that's when everything really started to change. I've started questioning everything I've ever learned in my life about sales. I questioned every sentence I heard from a manager. The idea of the Glen Gary, Glen Ross always be closing a-hole. Mm-hmm. That coffee is for closers. First place is a brand new Cadillac. Second place is a set of steak knives. Third place is you're fired. That mentality, which I had learned for the 10 years prior, that I believed in, that was the cornerstone of my professional belief, was all wrong. I had to reinvent everything I knew from a professional back, from a professional standpoint, basically almost overnight for my own mental health, because I had hit that rock bottom. That doesn't sound like a small thing. No, um, it has taken me hundreds if not thousands of hours of research both reading experimenting um learning things like neurology that people haven't thought of before um looking at it not just as being that hail fellow well-met guy at the end of the bar how do you actually talk to people with emotional intelligence i've stopped looking at sales from a proposition backgrounds now i now look at it almost like a therapist like social work it sounds like a really interesting approach yes because the problem with most sales that i see almost across the board is people only focus on one side of sales and and this is something that i've uncovered since the breakdown when you see these movies like glengarry glenn ross wall wall street boiler room All they're focused on is getting money. That greed is good mentality. Mm -hmm. And that's the life I was living for a decade. For me, what changed was realizing that that's only half the equation. Yes, you can. Everything about sales is about getting money, but it's about getting money in exchange for, for providing a solution. Right. Without taking the time to speak with somebody really dive deep and understand the problems that they are having, you cannot offer a solution. Right. Because you have to have a problem in order to have a solution, right? Otherwise you're the person doing the selling restless leg syndrome pills. (laughs) You you know what I mean? Like you're basically like, is shingles coming for you? To the the 30 year old, 40 year old. Yeah. No, it's sales is about understanding the problems that you have uniquely. Under taking the time to build a community of people in a non toxic a non lying way. The people who think, okay, I'll just tell them what they want to hear. They don't last very long. Yeah. 
So since the breakdown, almost all of my effort has been revisiting, rebuilding everything that I knew. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds this is interesting. I was talking with Red a little bit before we started the recording for the episode. Um, I did some summer sales this year and it, it didn't go for me. And I feel like a lot of that was because at least to an extent I understood what you understand now that the other people that were trying to tell me how to sell didn't even begin to comprehend. And that's kind of the, so you know that feeling when you're like 15, 16 years old and you realize that your parents don't know everything? <laughs> it's like, do I still go to you for advice? <laughs> well, that's kind of the revelation moment that I had to have is that as much as I trusted and I believed in my managers does not mean they know how to teach. Mm -hmm. um, the, so I'm out of Connecticut. I'm a big New York Knicks fan. Okay. The parallel I draw with sales and sales management is Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is one of the 50 best NBA players of all time. Point blank period. He's probably going to be there for the next 25, 30 years at least. That's impressive. But he's one of the 10 worst coaches to ever pick up a clipboard. Hmm. The problem is, and you've probably experienced this based on what you were saying, the way sales is promoted is they just find the person who gets the best sales and promote them. But the people who know how to sell and the people who know how to teach are two drastically different personalities. Yeah, they just, they just showed us the videos. They're like, okay, this is the top seller. Just do what he does. And it's like, what's he doing? Yeah. Can you explain what is happening different here and over in our role play session over here? <laughs> well, and, and worse is they give you the script. Mm -hmm. So tell the listeners what you sold and tell them a little bit more about your experience. Yeah, so... Um, going to keep the company name out of it to be, be a little bit less biased, but <laughs> I, I went out to Texas to sell pest control okay. and I never plan on using pest control in my life. Problem number one, <laughs> at least not a yeah. service. And probably got that from my dad who grows a garden who yeah. doesn't want a bunch of pesticides in the food we're going to eat. Yes. So that was problem number one. Problem number two was there was a lot of just watch the videos and do what they're doing. And it's, it was so scripted. I'm like, dudes, life isn't like this. Like, teach me how to sell. Don't teach me how to barf up a script. And, and, and that was part of the problem that I anything else. And that's one of the more toxic things that I see in the sales industry is they find one person and, oh, let's make sure we shoehorn this point in. No, it's about asking questions. It's about understanding the other person, what their frustrations are. Um, the book that really turned the corner for me um, in terms of everything sales is Spin Selling by Neil Rackham. Okay. Haven't heard of that one. But... And it's not one that most people have. It's very inside baseball. 
So just to give you some background, this book was written in 1988. Okay. Um, probably the most famous sales book was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, 1936. Mm-hmm. That one's on my reading list. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's 52 years between the two of sales literature. Neil Rackham's was the very first book that I've come across um, that took apart the sales process in a scientific manner. Okay. So Neil Rackham literally sat in, him and his company, which is Huthway, sat in on thousands and thousands of sales calls, listened to what people did, and found out the ideas of overturning objections, the ideas of using closing techniques, asking open-ended questions, which is pretty much the holy trinity for sales. (laughs) Those are all ineffective. All three of them. (laughs) that, that makes me feel a little bit better that during those morning meetings, it was like, okay, ask them if they have a wooden fence in the backyard. I'm just yeah. like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. So the, <laughs> oh, that can be part of it. So the way spin selling is laid out, and I mean, I, I'm kind of getting off topic right now, but it's situation, problem, implication, need payoff. So you ask them about the wooden fence and then say, okay, have you seen, like, so that's the situation. They have the wood fence. Problem. Have you noticed any dry rot there? Okay, implication. Well, that might be turn up mites. Need payoff. Okay, let's take care of that before they get in the house. That makes sense. You, you see, so, but the, it's- The problem is they stopped, they stopped with the first question. <laughs> they stopped at the four questions. Well, if you have a wood fence, it, it, people cannot object. The reason- you have to handle objections is because you're reading from a script. Yeah. I cannot, if you ask me, how am I doing? I can't say, okay, this costs too much. Yeah. <laughs> you see, the way you handle objections is not to overturn them. It's to avoid them. Mm-hmm. You don't bulldoze. You, you, you just, you jeet kundo. <laughs> say that one again. You, you don't bulldoze through, you jeet kundo, you kind of dodge, you move with their momentum. Oh, okay, like martial okay. arts type. Nobody wins a fist fight. If you're overturning objectives, you're actually just arguing. Right. But that's the way almost every sales coach teaches. Well, what do you say if they're upset with your commission rate? Okay. Uh, I've got a better price for you. You can... You, 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 you do one, like you either lower the price or you walk away from the deal. No. There's a lot of other ways to do that. You just don't pitch the price until you under, they understand what you're really trying to do. Yeah, because instead of, hi, I'm with this company that does pest control and your neighbors have been buying it from five blocks away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I did a lot of those things. I did that. Sort of, hey, some of, the, some of the people in the neighborhood were complaining about the electric rates. Yeah, and some of them have been noticing the wasps yeah. that are everywhere. Yeah, that are not very because very Texas, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because Texas is practically mini Australia, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, it, it's. But the idea is, and, and it took me a long time to learn it because 
there's a lot of toxic masculinity, period, but mm -hmm. particularly in sales. Yeah. And the idea of, well, I'll tell them and they'll listen to me because I'm a big, strong man. Well, well and even if it's not that, it's once you get past the first no, like, and that's something that I, uh, like I get in the role plays uh -huh. and would stop at the first no. They're just like, no, 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 no. You need to get past that first no. Or like, is them going around, they're shadowing well, me. You don't ask, like, the, the problem is you have to accept no. Right. And it's like, okay, you're telling me I have to completely disregard what my parents taught me when I was three and two years old, that no means oh. no. <laughs> that, that's a long conversation. That we that, that, yeah, that sounds like a, that's like, like, well, ah, a lot deeper well, dive on that one. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that, that's a long one to go into. Um, but the idea is if they say no, it's because you're not right for them. Right. Okay. It, 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 people are like, well, th no, they, they need it. Maybe they don't. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Right. It, and like, even it, people who have the problem, because I remember there, there would be houses that I would go knock on. The wife would answer and be like, yeah, my husband did mention something about pests. Come back later and we mm -hmm. should be able to get this set up. It would come back later and the husband would answer and be like, no, we don't want you. And I'm just like, yeah, and that's going to be the case first. Um, but again, it's the problem is in order to most people don't know how to sell the right way. Right. And it was my problem for a lot of years. So the way I overcame it is rebuild everything. Um, you don't have to play by their rules. You yeah. can make your own. You could throw out the script. You can say, you know what? I'm going to just try to rebuild it. I don't care what your script says because your script isn't working for me. Right. And that's something that changed. nobody ever considered for me. And I knew going out there that it wasn't going to work to use a script. And for whatever reason, it was the right thing for me to do in my life. I was feeling like it was the right thing to do, but I'm still looking back at it like, what in the world was I even doing out there? So the right thing to do is sometimes the worst thing at the moment. Yeah. There's, so I consider that time in 2015 to be pretty much my rock bottom. Makes the sense. The thing about rock bottom is its perspective. Mm -hmm. You can pick when your rock bottom is. That's a good point. So there's a joke by Kyle Kinane. I'm a huge Kyle Kinane fan. He says, well, I've never hit rock bottom. Okay, let me not say that. It's all like, I may not have hit rock bottom, but I certainly bumper bowled off the sides quite a bit. <laughs> all right. It's all about perspective. You don't like, your rock bottom could be drastically different from somebody else's. Right. I can, I could run out of coffee next Wednesday and decide that's my rock bottom. Meanwhile, the person over in Africa is starving and finally get some food. But, but the nice thing is, if I say, like, okay, I'm never going to let this happen again, as long as I say that and I commit to it, I could change everything today. Mm -hmm. 
that moment of running out of coffee could be the reason why I become a Dunkin' Donuts franchise magnate. Yeah. You, you, you see, like you get to pick whatever bad day you have. You could say, screw this. I'm rebuilding everything. That's never happening again. Right. And going off rock bottom, if you hit rock bottom, it's a great foundation because you're on rock. Exactly. <laughs> but if people like avoid it. And I've got a... And I don't know. They, and they just hit, fire the thrusters and inch from the bottom. And they're like, I didn't hit it again. Yeah. But I came so close. <laughs> but it doesn't, like, I've got a lot of family members, Irish stereotypes, who are friends of Bill W., addicts, like AANA. They would not have gotten sober without some of the most graphic stories I've ever heard. Wow. It is one of, rock bottom is one of the best things that can happen to you as long as you don't go spelunking. Right. As long as you actually accept that that is the rock bottom and you are going to change everything, that can be the best moment of your life. Yeah, you, you put on your hard hat that's yellow instead of your cave hat that's orange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's all about that decision to change things. For me, it involved a lot of reading, a lot of experimentation, a lot of falling on my face. So if I was in like, from the pest control perspective, I would have taken two or three days and researched, knock on that door. Hey, I'm here with Orkin. I don't expect you to buy from me. And I would say that point blank to them but I do want to help your neighbors. What are some of your biggest problems that you've been having that you've been seeing with pests? Are you having problems? What's happened? Can you tell me some stories? What, have you ever had bats in the house? Have you ever had a termite infestation? Have you ever had this? Okay, no, I haven't. Okay, well, that's perfectly fine. But you start asking those questions to start. And that way you're having a conversation instead mm -hmm. of, Come but across it, as the slimy salesman. But, it, it, but by starting, it's like, well, I'm here to help you with your pest problem. First of all, screw you. You assume I have a dirty house? Right. That, that, that's point blank, period. Rather than, you know what? I don't know if, I doubt you even have this problem. I don't expect to sell you anything. But I am here to try and figure out how I can help your neighbors. Okay, if you have had this problem, how would you want me to approach it in a kind way and not feel accusatory? Mm -hmm. And you take those three or four days and you build it from being a, well, I'm Ben and I'm with whatever, Orkin, whoever it is. Um, and I'm here to help you with bah, 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 because I know there are termites and wasps in the area. Yeah. Or, or I assume that there are, or I noticed on your neighbor's house, there was a mud dauber nest. <laughs> Yeah, whatever it is. But now it's a completely different conversation because, you know, what? I'm just here to learn. I want to know what's going on in the neighborhood. Do you know anybody who's had some stories? Do you know? Now you've got four or five, like a few days where, you know what? I spoke to this woman, Gail, Tuesday. And she, like her house basically was destroyed by carpenter ants years ago when she was a kid. But now you have stories. Now you have 
background. Now you can talk to people as opposed to just reading that sanitized script with no emotion to it. Right. Well, and even you saying that makes me think back because after I wasn't being able to sell, they're like, okay, we're going to change you into the service pro that goes out and sprays because that way you're at least earning money. I'm like, I came out here to earn big bucks and I'm just going to earn an hourly rate. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. didn't even bother trying to help me. That's, <laughs> that's what it felt like. Yeah. It, it's, that wasn't the right fit for you. I can tell you don't have, and I don't mean this the wrong way. You don't have the personality for sales. Quite frankly. Uh, um, it's not how, not that kind of sales, not the one call close sales. Right. You are much more relationship focused. Um, are you familiar with disc personalities at all? It kind of rings a bell, but not enough to know what you're talking about. Okay. So you're the steady personality based on uh, this conversation. You're very, very emotionally and relationship driven. You tend to be a little more introverted than you are extroverted. Yes and no, but I, I can see well, where you come from. So when I say introverted, I mean that in the traditional Carl Jung sense. I mean, you probably recharge on a computer rather than going out to a bar. Yep. Yeah. Like, like you've had a bad week, it's Friday night. What are you doing? Are you going out and going to a bar or are you sitting down and watching Netflix? Playing games, but yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that you don't have any social, like it doesn't mean you're socially awkward. It just means the way that you recharge your batteries is introverted. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. And, and just tangenting this a little bit, would that also be considered like a small group of friends being introverted? Recharge? So, so with introverts, I generally consider it to be well versus puddle. So for relationships with introverts, they prefer a small amount, but very deep relationships as well. Yeah. Extroverts like to know everybody, but they tend to be pretty shallow. Did you watch the game last night? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with either one. It's just a preference. It's the same volume of water. Is the format it's set up in? Exactly. Yeah. I feel like that was definitely one of the things that made it really difficult for me while I was out in Texas. Mm -hmm. And going back to what I was saying about the service pro, I would go and like service these people's houses. And especially if it was the first service, it was like, okay, um, I'm here to create a relationship with you and the company, but that's through me as a person. Yeah. And, and like, that was like, okay, this is great. At the same time, I'm like really mad about the company right now. So this is kind of dumb in their face, mm -hmm. but you're a person. And I'm a person. I like being with people. Yeah. If, yeah. They, if, if I'd done that for like a month and then they'd sent me back out to sell, I feel like it would have been at least four times as effective. Because your battery was empty. Because you kept re you were recharging the wrong way constantly. Well, not even only that, but just I had the stories at that point. Yes. Of, yeah, I just did this service for a month. Mm -hmm. And yeah, people yeah. were struggling with blank and blank and blank and blank and blank. Mm -hmm. So it, it could have been very different for you. But, and I'm kind of sitting here like, man, why didn't I talk with Red like back at the end of May? <laughs> <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of reasons why that didn't happen. But Yeah, but yeah, the, the problem is most people teach things the wrong way. The, the way you get through it 
is saying, screw your rules, I'm making my own. Yeah. You don't have to play, like, some people are happy playing Monopoly and just collecting $200 when they go around. Some people want to own everything. And some people will trade anything for Boardwalk. Yes. <laughs> but Guilty the idea is <laughs> some people just say, screw you and flip the Monopoly board and ruin mm. Thanksgiving. You don't have to play by their rules. You don't have to do that. You can build whatever you want. Yeah, because it's not a strict set of rules. Like we're playing it the game of life and yeah. it's not the one by whatever company made that. Like, like Parker Brothers or whoever it is, yeah. Yeah, whichever one it is. The, the idea is this is not a game. This, it is, but it's not a finite game. There's not a mm -hmm. set set of rules. It's not predetermined numbers of players. It's not, it's an infinite game. That means people can come in, people can leave, people can win, people can lose. It, the whole Simon Sinek infinite game mentality that you are here to stay and yeah. you don't care about your competitors. You're just here to do what satisfies you. That's how you have to approach things. Um, in fact, any of your listeners, I highly recommend The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. That's a book that I'm really a big fan of. It, yeah, I, I heard a little bit of that idea a couple months ago and especially as it related to Dungeons and Dragons okay. and me over here being a Dungeons and Dragons fan I'm like that's why I love it so much is because it's not you come to the castle door and you have to knock it's like actually I scale the walls yeah <laughs> so, and that's the whole concept behind it is you can create these solutions however you want to yeah and that's the type of life we're living is yeah. okay. Sure. And, there's and, laws and stuff people put in for consequences, but as long as you're within those boundaries, whatever goes. And, and even if you aren't, as long as you're willing to accept those consequences, right. You know, like, there are people who are willing to cheat because they know the punishment. Like I know people who are willing to park illegally all the time because it's less expensive than paying for the garage. <laughs> <laughs> they know they're going to get caught once a week but that $15 ticket compared to $50 for the garage yeah. they're like okay yeah it's just part of business <laughs> yeah just don't park in the handicapped spot yeah no don't be that guy never be that guy and there was one guy when I was out there in Texas that was on the team that did that and I'm just like this is the type of people I'm out here with <laughs> Yeah, but uh, don't like. <laughs> again, you don't have to follow the rules as long as you're willing to adhere to the consequences. Yeah, your car is now towed. Congratulations! Yeah. I really don't. This is the way, and that's one of the most toxic phrases in the world, in my mind. We've always done it this way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So one of my previous jobs, I sold um, credit cards to trucking companies for their, for diesel fuel. Okay. And my boss wanted me to wear khakis and a blue blazer, like full yacht club attire to talk <laughs> truckers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so here I am dressed like I'm going to meet Miffy while the other guys 
up to his elbows and uh, like transmission Police. fluid and wearing a Harley Davidson t-shirt that he probably got like in the 70s. With his Levi's that haven't been washed in two weeks. Well, it's not that bad, but... Well, 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 yeah, they're dirty enough because of all the stains they look that way. Yeah, but like it's still a matter of these are blue-collar people who are willing to swing a wrench, and here I am in a suit and dress shoes. (laughs) And wondering why I can't relate to them. Well, of course I can't, because I'm coming in like a 30-year-old insurance agent, and this is a 60-year-old who hasn't, like... Just because you've always done it this way, just because we've always thought like, well, we need to dress to impress, doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Throw out their rules, build your own. Well, and saying that phrase reminds me of an example I saw years ago talking about that. It's like, okay, imagine a group of scientists gets a group of monkeys in a room. And they put a box of bananas on top of a ladder. Mm-hmm. Every single time any monkey goes to climb and get some bananas, the sprinkler system goes off and gets all of the monkeys wet. The monkey that got the banana is happy, but every other monkey is like, hey, I got wet. I don't like that. After enough times, they just beat up anyone who goes and tries to get the bananas on top of the ladder. If you individually replace out each monkey until it's a whole new set of monkeys, they're all going to beat up the monkey that tries to get the bananas. It, that's actually the way it works with um, crab traps. I forgot what right. species of crabs, but they once they get in, um, they just assume that's the way it is, and they build it like that's. Once they try to get out, all the other crabs literally pull them back in and rip them apart. They'll rip up their rip off their like legs to keep yeah. them in with the other crabs. Yeah, two, um, two crabs in a bucket. Exactly. Um, it's not the right way to think. Yeah, and that example finished off with, if these monkeys could speak English, and you ask one of them, why do you beat up the monkey that tries to get the bananas? They would probably tell you, I don't know. It's just the way we do things around here. That's the way it's always been. Don't let that be an excuse. If you're upset, if you don't like the the, the way the game is being played, change the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no reason you can't. So, started out talking about how you tried to be a salesman going against your core beliefs and ended up talking about life's all a game. (laughs) Choose your own rules. Exactly. And that's why I love conversations like this because they go wherever they go. Yeah. I love it too. We would not know that this conversation would go this way until we have it. Mm-hmm. but yeah, that's we, the beauty of these kinds of things exactly even with a little bit we talked before starting the recording like i had no idea we were going to finish on this note no <laughs> but I, I i love that this conversation like i hope people actually take these kinds of things to heart because the toughest thing is people don't realize they can change the rules until they're at a rock bottom until they are so frustrated with the way the game is being played that they have no choice but to do it yeah they're like wait why am i actually doing this thing no oh because someone else told me that yeah everything should be reevaluated. every idea every theory every 
sacred cow is on the chopping block. Yeah. Let it like rethink it all. Spend some time, go for a long drive, take it all apart and see if it actually fits into your life and what you want to believe. Mm -hmm. And um, have you ever heard of vision boards? Yes. So that's what season one in the podcast covers is a lot of in-depth on vision boards. Okay. And it's something that I've been at for almost five years now. Yeah. And part of what I do on the um, episodes with season two is sharing a vision board success that I've had. And I feel like this goes right along with you don't like the rules, change them. Yeah. It's like people say that you can't achieve X and X goal or X, Y, Z because they think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Change the rules. Like do, do your own thing. And people also have a lot of rules about vision boards. Yeah. And some of them I personally have experienced that. Yes, that is a more effective way to do it. Go with that. But it, there's also a thing of like, it has to be super big or it has to be super small or whatever. And over here, I'm sitting with this one. I can show red on the videos call we're on, <laughs> but it's yeah. clean 10 record albums. I put this on my vision board in December of 2015, took it off in January of 2016. Um, earlier in 2015, I had taken the digital turntable my dad had and ripped or digitized the 115 record albums that my dad had. My mom had like five, <laughs> but, but there was like 110. Always like that with parents. It's one, like they're always that polar opposite. That right. one half. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there was like 110, 115 record albums and I went through and digitized them all. And then I also knew enough about um, audio engineering and cleanup to be able to say, okay, I want to actually listen to this in a quality instead of all scratchy. Or, or without the skips and all that. So I was like, okay, clean 10 record albums. Like, why not? And Which so, 10 did you pick? Oh, I, I cleaned them all. Just, okay. it, it was a stepping stone block to do that. Okay. And so as to which 10 those were i couldn't even begin to guess <laughs> i just list off the ones i can remember and be like it might have been those <laughs> yeah i i wasn't sure if you had like priority like some emotional tie to whichever one it happened to be no there, there was probably some lionel richie in that probably billy joel and the survivor track were probably in that one yeah see i wasn't sure i was kind of hoping you would say something like public enemy fear of a black planet but <laughs> No, they didn't even have that record. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't sound like it if they're doing Lionel Richie and Billy Joel. It's probably not like, okay. A little bit different taste. Yeah, yeah, that one's probably not. They probably don't also have Anthrax. No, I didn't have that one. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah. Playlist. Say again. Not quite the same playlist. No, not quite. Yeah. But my brother-in-law would have those on the same playlist, but he's his own man. <laughs> and by all means, you get to make the rules. You can set the playlist. Exactly. You think that you're schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? He's like, yeah, sure. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Okay, so 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 which personality is talking in today, Gabe? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember the like the first time I actually sat down and talked to him. We just got talking about music, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pull out all these record music on my phone that I put on my phone. Do yeah. you recognize these artists? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he even knew the Dream Academy. I'm like, wow. So one of like me and my wife's best friends, he was in a punk band for years and years. He's still in a punk band, but he actually toured in Europe for a oh, lot wow. of years. Nice. Um, he's seen some shows. Um, like he saw literally, he saw Wu-Tang Clan in a basement in Connecticut. I haven't heard of them, but to see them in a basement sounds impressive. Yeah, it's a little before your time, youngin. But yeah, I, I know like, a lot of my dad's music, but there's some that just I still. But know. like, he also saw all like Pearl Jam when they were opening, like when they were an opening wow. band. He, he saw like some of these crazy. He saw um, the Rolling Stones did a free show at, at one point. Like they were literally practicing, <laughs> and they just like, hey, everybody, run to Toad's place, and they're doing a free show there right now. He's wow. seen some of the most crazy shows that like nobody would ever see again. Like with like 30 people in the audience. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm not full blown music nut, but like, even I know like, okay, that that's a big one. Yeah. Like I don't know that I could name a Rolling Stones song, but I do know that they were one of the, cornerstone of the new music age you're making my bones ache dude <laughs> sorry man like, if we oh. get onto the more ones that i know i could be like oh yeah and this song and this song and this song but <laughs> no, no, no no i won't i will not <laughs> i most certainly will not uh but, but this has been an awesome conversation i've really enjoyed this like it has been really good it, it, and I think that people could get a lot out of this. Like, I, I love your message. I love your vibe. This is the kind of thing that, like, could really take off for you, too. Mm -hmm. And that's the plan, is that there's people out there that need to know you can create the rules of your own life. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, yeah, there's consequences if you do certain things. There's consequences for every action you take in life, honestly. <laughs> And that doesn't necessarily mean negative consequences. It's just moving third rule for every action is an equal but opposite reaction. I was like 12 or 13 years old when I finally realized consequence did solely have a negative connotation. Because mm -hmm. I would do something bad and get punished. My parents would be like, you're going to get the consequence. I'm like, I hate that word. And yeah. then later I'm like, oh, it's not just... You're going to get a spanking or whooping. You're going to, oh, it's just what follows what you did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> took me a while on that one. Yeah, exactly. See, for my mom, what she did was she, she had the redding wing. She turned it around so nobody noticed and then would slap in the back of the head in an upward motion. Oh. That was her favorite. Ow. Yeah. She, she just like, okay. She turned it around like an inverse Mr. T. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that would hurt. That, that was her favorite. <laughs> Good gravy. That one would hurt. Yeah, it, it wakes you up. 
yeah. wake it up. But yeah. again, it doesn't consequences could be anything or anything like you want it to be. There's no yeah. limit to them. Well, it's just like earning a million dollars is a consequence of doing the thing that earns you a million dollars. Exactly. So but like the guy I was talking about before, the consequence of the parking ticket is still the like he saved money on parking. Right. <laughs> It's like, like it's still technically illegal, but hey, you're saving money. Yeah, go logic. So, so he doesn't he doesn't care about that. He's just like, yeah, that parked illegally. I, I'm you put it in there. I'll pay them all at the end of the month, and I'm it's good. <laughs> it's just a bill to him. He doesn't care. The, the, that's that's a different type of big brain. Yeah. <laughs> But but you get to pick those things. Just because somebody says no, 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 you can at least say why. Yeah. And if they refuse to acknowledge it, it's a clue into there's not really a good reason behind it. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Like there's some situations where you just like, you don't ask. Like pe- people in black suits, you, you black shades, you, you just don't ask at that point. No, see, but, I'm the kind that asks. I have no problem with it. You and I are different on that one. Yeah, no. It's just funny to me. Hey, what you doing, mister? Why you ask? Okay, what you doing? Come on, tell me. Oh, why are you doing that? That doesn't seem fun. Uh, I think we can sum this up in rock bottoms of perspective. Life's an infinite game. You choose the consequences based on your choices. Mm-hmm. And just because someone says it doesn't mean you have to follow it. You get to make your own choice still. Yeah. Do- doesn't mean it's right. Because that's what led me to the rock bottom was believing the wrong people. And that's what led you to fall apart in the sales job is being told the wrong things over and over again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not everybody who pretends to be an expert is an expert. Yep. And that probably includes me too. Let, let, let's face that. <laughs> hey, I, the, the definition I like of expert is that you know the problem and you know the solution to it. Because too many people just know either the problem or the solution and not both of them. If you know both, it makes you an expert. I, I'm going to give you an even better one that I like even more. Okay. So have you ever seen the movie uh, Catch Me If You Can? It's probably an older one for you. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks. No, I was thinking of a different one, but I haven't seen that one. Okay, so in that, um, in the book, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, or in the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a real life person by the name of Frank Abagnale. Frank Abagnale was a con artist. Was he the guy that the FBI ended up like hiring? Pretty as a consultant, yes. Same guy. I've heard the story. I haven't watched or read the book. So in the um, so at one point he became a professor for of I believe sociology at Brigham Young. He never took okay. a single sociology class. He would did not have a doctor in sociology or even a master's. He had no experience at all. But he became a sociology professor. I'm actually a couple blocks away from Brigham Young at the moment. Yeah. So what? that was the one that really blew everybody's mind. Like, how did you actually pull this off for a whole semester in front of college kids? And what he said is it was easy. I just needed to be a couple of chapters ahead. Right. 
That's all an expert requires is to be a couple of chapters ahead of the next person. Yeah. Well, that's what I've heard with mentoring and coaching as well. It's like, you don't need to know more than your client. You just need to be one step ahead. Yeah. On one particular issue. Right. Right. And coach on that issue. Um, I'm never going to know everything there ever is to know about sales. It's that hyperbolic curve where it's always going to be just out of reach. Right. And that's the same way for everybody. I could be 99.99999% there. There's still going to be missing pieces of information. Because someone else somewhere else thought of something new. Exactly. So being an expert is not about knowing everything. It's not about knowing the exact problem, not about knowing the exact solution in per, like in like totally. Right. It's all about being a few chapters ahead. Yeah. Well, been excellent talking with you, Red. I think it's probably about time we wrap this one up, but where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do? Um, the best place is brokensalespeople.com slash connect. Um, you could also go through that website. You could find my podcast. You could find my blogs. You could find all sorts of information. Brokensalespeople.com slash connect. Okay. And that's all one word, no hyphens? No hyphens, no periods, no, yeah, I'm... Just the dot com. Just one word, <laughs> dot com slash connect or just broken salespeople.com and you can find everything from there. Sweet. And for those of you looking to figure more out about what I do, go head on over to starlightmentoring.com. Again, that's one word. And you can find out how to work with me on there or find links to season one of this podcast, see some videos I put out there and figure out more about my journey because I share a lot on there about where I started and how I've come to the point where I'm at. Again, that's starlightmentoringoneword.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks for being with me, Red. And Thank you for having me. Hope you have a fantastic day. And thanks for listening, listeners, and hope you have a wonderful week as well.